Well, I've spoken from this platform dozens of times over the years, but this is very, the very first time I've been shown the door, so I don't, I don't know what's up with that, but uh, anyway. Uh, do I leave now? or? <laughs> hey, it's good to be here again with you folk, and uh, yesterday it was great to chat with a few, and we're here for that purpose and get to get to know you, and uh, it's a privilege to be able to do that. I was thinking about adventures in faith. Have you ever had an adventure in faith? I think Ian spoke to that really yesterday in our last chapel about uh, trusting God and stepping out. And, uh, you know, God calls us to do that. And sometimes when we step out in faith, we're amazed to see how he works and how he leads. And I was thinking of my history back here at MBBI and there were dinosaurs looking in the windows when we were sitting in our classes in those days, just so you know how long ago it was. But uh, we didn't let them bother us. Um, but back in those days, there was a rule that if you came to NBBI in the winter, you had to work for four weeks in the summer in a ministry somewhere besides your home area. You had to go out, go out. And uh, that was a challenge for a lot of us, because we didn't know what we were doing. Uh, We didn't know where to go. And I was thinking about this, um, about Abraham, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, that's an interesting part of this verse, obeyed, um, and he went out not knowing whither he went. And that was my experience. I went out not knowing whither I went. 1964, I went to Sandy Cove Bible Camp for two weeks to counsel. I had never counseled at a camp before in my life. Didn't have a clue what I was doing, but I did it. And two, uh, two weeks uh, after that, I was at Tracy, New Brunswick, conducting a two-week vacation Bible school by myself with the help of a few people in the community. Again, I didn't know where I was going, and I really didn't know what I was doing. But that was a beginning for me of an adventure in faith that has lasted 46 years or more. And uh, let me tell you a couple little connecting thoughts in regard to this. Back in 1964, when I went to that little community of Tracy, some of you know where I mean, I stayed in the home of Raymond and Pearl Mercero. And um, they lived in a farm in a rural area. They had two sons. One of, them, one of them's name was Cyril. The other was Dana. Now, circles come around. Just this past Sunday, my wife's home church, where her father is still the deacon at 83 years old, the head deacon, um, voted to call Dana Mershero, who was a little boy of 10 years old in that home where I stayed the first time I was ever out in ministry in daily vacation Bible school. And I thought, isn't God good? The circle has become complete again. In 1966, when I went into full-time ministry, we used to have a home, uh, we used to have Bible clubs and homes. And um, one of the first places we went was the Tompkins Home in Eastern Passage, Nova Scotia. And we had kids coming from all over the community into that home. And this lady's heart was big, and she loved kids, and she would always feed them and take care of them and cared for them. 
cared for us too. I wasn't much more than a kid myself at that time, 20 years old. And over these years, these many years, there has always been that contact and that circle begins to come back again. Now, this lady is in a care home now, the, the lady that used to be our hostess. And she is in her 90s. And uh, back in November, I got an email from her daughter, and she said, you know, mom's not very good, but she said she wants you to have her funeral. Now, is that something to rejoice in, funerals? Well, not really. But, you know, I think, wow, God is good, because this adventure of faith that I started back in 1964 has come full circle again. And so God has placed uh, these opportunities before me all these years. I'll tell you one other little story. Back in about uh, 2006, I believe, we had uh, two young married couples from Whitehead Island that were coming to Newfoundland to help us do vacation Bible schools. And um, we had arrived. We were in the trailer park uh, awaiting their arrival, and we were going to work out from that trailer park during that week. And they came in, and Maureen had supper prepared for them. They were in a tent. They were, they were young. They're still young. They were... Um, they were going to tent out. We weren't tenting out. We were going to be in our trailer. But anyway, we served them supper the first night we got there. And they were sitting there at our little dinette in the trailer. And I looked at them and I said, I know every one of your parents. I know all of your grandparents. And I know even some of your great-grandparents. And the circle draws together again. I just want to mention... Uh, something that CSSM offers that we would like to have you consider. It's called the SWAP program, S-W-A-P-P, two Ps. And it stands for Seasonal Work and Partnership Program. And this has been worked out to enable qualified young people who have a desire to serve the Lord but need finances to do that, to be able to come back to school and um, to do whatever uh, God is calling them to do. And uh, so it's a way that you can raise some funds, and uh, we seek to match those funds so that you can uh, have a summer of ministry, a reasonably good amount of money when you're done at the end, and uh, that will help you in your future. It will help you to get back here to MBBI if that's where you're coming or whatever else. It will end up being your pay or your money for the weeks that you serve. I'm not going to go into all the details of it, but uh, we have Gary here. He knows more about it than I do because he's uh, worked this out long, long ago. And um, so he, uh, he can talk to you about it. Dennis can talk to you about it. I know a little bit about it. And so we'll be around the table, and if you want to chat with us about it, uh, God bless you. But don't forget to trust God. Begin an adventure of faith and see what he will do. Good morning. As, I, as Albert was the next time a lady is telling you to stop for directions, you can let them know that Abraham didn't know where he was going either. So uh, you just hold that thought uh, for years to come. It is certainly good to be with you this morning. As I uh, was getting ready yesterday to, uh, to come here for today, I was thinking, boy, um, this is probably the first time in about 20-some <clears throat> years that, I, that it's been this late in the school year that I've, that I've been here to, to share. And uh, it's certainly uh, uh, good to be here with you. My name, uh, as you know, is Gary Long. For those of you who don't know me, I am the much, much younger brother 
of Mr. Long, who is here as the maintenance director. Just because he has more hair doesn't mean he's younger, okay? Um, I just choose to shave mine off because there isn't much. Um, and he's my older brother. Maybe that's why I'm bald. Um, but... Um, <laughs> Have you ever been, ever been discouraged? Have you ever been discouraged so that you know, you're trying to accomplish something and, and, you, and you just can't get it done? You just can't seem to accomplish it and there seems to be roadblocks put up for you. Or, or maybe there are those in authority over you who have said, no, you can't. You can't go that way. In Acts chapter 16, and if you would turn with me there, uh, we're going to spend a little time there. In Acts chapter 16, we see the Apostle Paul is on his second missionary journey. And he wants to minister in an area, which today would be northern Turkey, up along the, the Black Sea. And he's ministering, and he says, and it says in verse 6 now, when they had gone through Prefergia, or however you say that. <laughs> and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. They wanted to go to an area and the Holy Spirit says no. They were forbidden. They were restrained. This word comes from uh, akin to another Greek word that means to, to be docked or... or or clipped, and, and and to me that you know that that I, I'm just thinking you know when, when I cut my hair last night and and Mrs. Dean was mentioning how my hair looked like it had been cut you know recently well it was sometime after eleven o'clock last night cut quite close and and that word kind of conjures up you know things being clipped close to me and I'm thinking they were forbidden you know they they weren't supposed to go. And the Holy Spirit forbids them to go. And then we read in the next verse, and they had come uh, to, to Mysia. Uh, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. They weren't permitted. They weren't allowed to go. How do you think Paul felt? How do you think the Apostle Paul felt? as he's trying to minister for God, as he's trying to share the gospel wherever they go, and he wants to go this way, and the Lord says, no. God says, no. He's prepared. They've traveled already some distance. I wrote this down on my notes. Standing in the middle of discouragement. Standing in the middle of discouragement. You think Paul might have been discouraged? He might, might have been frustrated? We don't know. It doesn't say here how he felt about that. But we can get discouraged in ministry. If you had said to me a year ago, or even two years ago, a year ago at this time in February my wife and I and our family were preparing and working and had been for about a year and a half in our ministry at Miramichi Bible Camp. 
And if you had told us that you're going to work for another four months, but then you're going to have to cancel camp because you don't have enough staff. I would have said, well, if you know that, or you're crazy, or yeah, it might happen, or why don't we just cancel now? And that's the 1st of June last year, the middle of June, for our family, as we, as we really began to see that that might be a reality. We could see a number of little things that God had closed some small doors and put up roadblocks. And we had to come to a point at the end of June last year where we had to decide. Because Miramichi Bible Camp is located in the woods. We have to move back there. We have to dig everything out of a trailer and take things back. We have to uh, bring in a diesel generator and order fuel. And, and everything has to come in before camp starts. And a lot of money has to be laid out before. And once I go back there, I can't be recruiting staff anymore. Because I'm at the camp. And all your time is spent getting the facility ready, the physical part of the ministry ready. And we went back there, even I went there with two of my boys, and we, we did some work. We mowed some lawns. But we had to decide as a family. And along with my board, I don't have male staff. I had lots of female staff. Actually, most of the staff that I had were individuals from our local church in Sussex. And we had to come to that point where we had to say, well, I knew that I would not run camp without sufficient staff, without enough staff to have a successful ministry without enough staff to look after campers, to share the gospel with them, to share God's love with them, because it wasn't about doing camp. It was about ministry. But yet we had to... We had to cancel. We came to that point where we had to cancel camp. And I know there are many who disagreed with that decision. But yet, like with Paul, God had bigger things in mind. God had other things in mind for us. But I could have been weighed down by that decision. What do you do in ministry or in life? Because our lives as believers is a ministry. What do you do when you get discouraged? Turn to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16. I've been, we've been studying the armor of God, or as I like to call it, God's gear, with uh, some young people that I get an opportunity to teach every other week at a Christian school. And I don't have any. Roman soldier armor, so the only armor I have is my hockey equipment. So I take my hockey equipment, and we've been studying God's gear. Now, there's one piece 
of the armor that I don't have in my hockey bag. And that is the shield of faith. The shield of faith. Interestingly, as a side note, none of us CSSM missionaries talked about what we were going to share. But in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16, we see, and it says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. The shield of faith. What is this shield? What is this picture? That is why I brought this door, or part of this door. This door was at the top of the stairs in my house uh, for the basement stairs. Uh, it used to be up when my kids were smaller. We, you know, didn't want them to fall down the stairs. And uh, didn't want to make it easier for their older siblings to push them down the stairs. Um, so, it happens. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, my brother Paul ever pushed me downstairs. Uh, it's probably actually one of my others. Um, so I brought this door with me because this door is about the size of a shield that a Roman soldier would use. They were about, this door is, is just a few inches wider. I might use it again, so I didn't want to cut it off. Um, maybe just a few inches wider. They were 24, 28 inches wide. And anywhere from 44 inches to 48 inches high. Now that was the shield that a Roman soldier would hold on to. And generally with their left arm, because, and they used their sword in their right hand. And they had this shield. Of course, it wasn't flat like this one. It would be curved. Some of them had a wooden frame, and then they had leather over them, and they would soak those. But eventually, they were designed with metal on the outside. And they also came out, and they had like a cone in the center. That was for pushing forward. And they did a lot with this shield. They didn't just hold the shield. But just think about the size from that. The size of the shield that the Roman soldier had. And the size of that shield of faith that we are to have. It's not a little shield, you know, like a piece of paper that, that God gave us. You know, what an illustration that would be, huh? God didn't give us just this little 11, you know, 8.5 by 11 shield of faith. Hold up your shield of faith. <laughs> no, he compared our shield of faith to the Roman shield. The Roman soldier's shield. Which, when combined with many others, was like a tank. The front line would, would set their shield on the ground. Or hold them just above the ground and kneel. And then the next guy behind him would lay his on top. And the next guy behind him would hold it in the air. And they would move, take small steps and move forward. A shield. And God has given us a shield of faith. How do we get through those discouraging times? We make sure we have above all that we have our shield of faith. I've heard recently, and, and even thinking back to <clears throat> to my class, my graduating class. And I graduated in 1990. 
my graduating class and the number in my class who are now not walking with God. And I've heard of some, some young people that I've ministered with at camp over the years who are now not walking with God. And I got thinking about that and asking God, why? And as I was studying and teaching about this shield of faith, I got thinking, you know what? When they got discouraged, that's where their shield was. They didn't have their shield. They didn't have their shield of faith. Holding that shield of faith, faith in God, in their discouraging times. They set their shield down. And what's coming at them? The fiery darts of the wicked one. And they've, and they've got their, their, their body armor. They've got their helmet of salvation. But they don't have their shield. They might be able to hit a few of those arrows out of the air with their sword. But they're going to get through. And they become discouraged. And they set their shield of faith down. How do I know that that shield of faith is their faith in God and their strength in Psalm? Let me start in Genesis 15, 1. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. You have also given me the shield of your salvation, it says in Psalm 18. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, it says in Psalm 28, 7. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, Psalm 33, 20. Psalm 59, 11 says, Do not slay them, lest my people forget. Scatter them by your power and bring them down, O Lord, our shield. Psalm 115, 9 to 11 says, O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. A house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Our shield of faith is our trust in God in discouraging times. So when we canceled camp at Miramichi Bible Camp, I could have just set my shield of faith down and said, what a waste of time that was. Two and a half years focused on a ministry to share the gospel with young people in an area that's very religious and culturally unique in our province. I grew up in New Brunswick, just up the road. But when I go to the Miramichi, I'm from away. And I could have just set that shield of faith down. Thought, what a waste of time. But by God's grace, we didn't do that. And I say we as a family. My wife, Christina, and my kids. We didn't do that. And I had the opportunity 
to minister at Sandy Cove at middle school camp. And we saw 16 young people come to know Christ as their Savior that week. A young man came up to me after chapel, and I had just finished talking about trusting in Christ as your Savior, and he comes up to me, and there everyone's going up, and I do not, I, I don't have an altar call. I never have them come forward. I don't have them raise hands. I said, come and talk to me or talk to your cabin leader. And he comes across up front, and I'm just putting my stuff away. And he says, I believe that. I believe in Jesus. I said, cool. I said, when did you do that? Just now. And then we had opportunity to minister at Hampton Bible Camp as well and share God's word there and help at the other ministries. Why? Even though God had said no, the doors had closed in the area that we wanted to go, but God had other things for us. And we were able to stand in the discouragement in ministry because we kept our shield of faith up. We kept our shield of faith above all. Our shield of faith. Taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Not just most of them. All. So when you get discouraged, and you will, when you get discouraged, make sure that you don't put down your shield of faith. Hold up that shield of faith above all. Even though you've got all that armor that God's given to you, It says, in addition to, even though you have all that armor, the shield of faith, your faith in God to take you through that. And he will. And he will. What are we doing now? Well, this summer we're going to minister alongside the Macquarie's at San Diego Bible Camp. Whatever God has for us. God has given us many opportunities to help other CSSM missionaries in other camps. All the girls in our house, including my wife, were at Hampton Bible Camp last weekend for their special needs camp. Helping there. I have regular opportunities to share God's word with young people. From junior kindergarten children up through high school every week. God will take us through those discouraging times. As we go on that journey of faith, don't forget your shield. Don't forget your shield. Let's pray. Dear God, we say thank you for your word, for your encouragement, for the armor that you have given to us. Help us each and every day to put it on. To put it on every day. And above all, to take that shield of faith with us wherever you will have us to go. In Jesus' name.